Welcome to the 4th and Inches College Podcast, back with you guys for another week. Ladies and gents, thank you so much for joining us for another episode. And this is the penultimate episode of the pod, uh, chatting college football before the NFL Draft 2021. We are now just days away, uh, well, just over a week, but we are 8, 7, 8, depending on when you listen to this, days away from the draft. Um it's what every young college prospect, all 250-odd draft picks to be had, plus all the rest who will be undrafted free agents, hundreds and hundreds of gents up and down, left to right, east, north, west, south of the United States of America will be waiting for to find out if they will be drafted and who will they be drafted by. But before uh, that happens, we have two more pods, one of them being this one to chat to you about these guys and, and, and it just in general, just some of the big topics around college football as we head to the big dance next week. Before I continue and waffle on any further, I'd like to introduce to you my co-host as always. First of all, you've got, as myself, Nick Loff. We have Tristan Watkin. Bonjour, everyone. How you been? And we have Sukdeep Pooney. Can we all just join together in a song, please? Okay, what are we singing? Just one of the draft musics. Da, 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 da. Come on, guys. One, two, three. Nick, you're not Nick doing this. So I, can't, I can't remember the tune. <laughs> it's... Da, 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 that's it. That's all you need to do. Okay. Isn't that just the okay. SPM's main NFL jingle? Yeah, something like that. But they use it for the draft, don't they? <laughs> so one, yeah. two, three... Go. I got caught off guard by the three different start points that that happened with. And I still don't know the tunes. Oh, how about there's there's that other one? Yeah, I know the one. That's definitely the SPM football scores. Yeah. But they use it for the draft. Yeah, I was about to use the uh, the end. I think it was the NBA tune, which is no helpful help to anybody. <laughs> well, well, that went down well, and I apologise because yeah. I, I I really should know the tune by now. But uh, terrible. I just seem to have had, yeah, mind blank. Um, gents, how are we doing? Um, yeah, yeah, getting there, waiting for the big day. Yeah, just uh, getting there, taking it day by day. You know, <sighs> next week, next week is the moment since we started doing this podcast, you know, back in, when did we start it? Like September. Um, this is the, mo- we, we, we've kind of gone through the full weird COVID season. Um, and we're now at the point where we are about to see 
all these guys that we've ranted and raved about in college last season are now they're they're dead to us as <laughs> as, as on the college podcast. Well, they are no I'm joking. Like they're but you know what I mean. They're 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 going to be gone. They're going to be NFL players, you know. Um, and it's there'll be time to focus on the next crop of crop of players. Um, well, we we've literally now we've broken down every position um, on the offense and the defense. Um, and we'll or kickers or punters, some... by the way. We haven't done kickers or punters, and honestly, I've been listening. So... I've been listening. I know not being yeah. around. But I've been I know even in your absence, <laughs> we still had Tristan at every end of every podcast saying it. So yeah. So fine, we will talk a little bit about kickers and punters before the end of the pod today. Um, <laughs> but first of all, let's discuss some of the things uh, you know that are, are big moments and, and, and big and big things that have been sort of revealed ahead of the, the draft next week. So, first of all, I'm going to talk a little bit about two guys who um, both today, some news came out about them, which mm. I want to know whether you think it'll affect their draft stock or not. So, obviously, I'm going to, actually, I'm going to talk to you about three players, okay? Three players. This The first, the first one isn't something that was announced today. I'm going to let... Tristan go first, and then I want to know from Sukdeep. Okay. Caleb Farley and the back injuries. As we know, the, the news came out a couple of weeks ago that Caleb Farley, who could be the viewed as a number one cornerback in the draft, uh, has had to have back surgery. He's had problems with his back before, and it could affect his draft stock. We have Devonta Smith today weighing in 166 pounds, which would be one of the lightest wide receivers uh, six foot or over that there's ever been. And Justin Fields' announcement that he has um, been dealing with epilepsy and Mm. um, he he had epilepsy and he would have occasionally have seizures, but he's been taking medication. And the official line is that he believed that he would grow out of them and it could be read as he feels like he's already grown out of them. But now there was just something that was happening to him uh, at a younger stage. Tristan, Farley, I mean, and, and just to clarify, there's nothing, um, no medical condition for Smith, but I'm, I'm purely talking about news which could affect their draft status, whether that's off the field issues, size or medical issues. Farley, Smith and Fields, Tristan, each of them, do you think their draft stock will be affected? And if you do, how badly? Uh, Caleb Farley definitely affects his draft stock. Um, I think I've stated it before. He, it's the two back issues in the ACL that he's had in his short athletic career. It, you know, fears can his body, body hold up at the next level? Is he going to be one of these players that's great when they play, but spends you know, 10 of your 16 games a year on IR because he can't play. The talent's there. He'd be a top 15 pick on talent. Um, I think he falls to the back end of the first round, um, maybe even further, depending on how teams find the medical side of things. So, yeah, I think his draft off has taken a significant hit. Uh, Devonta Smith, I, I think it matters about his size, but... If it matters to a team, it matters to an evaluator, it's already mattered. Like, it's not a shocking discovery that he's the smallest wide receiver in the class and 
it's not shocking that he's horribly lightweight. Um, we were all expecting this. Uh, we knew there was a reason he's dodged weigh-ins in the past, that while people were talking about it, it was always going to be brought up. Um, and I, I said it to you, I think I said it to you earlier, Nick, in our, one of our group chats, um, it's not necessarily the fact that he comes into the league light. Lots of players come into the league a little lighter than you'd like him to be. I think the issue with Hunter Smith is if you look at him, um, he's already a very muscular guy. Like a lot of his weight is already muscle. Um, I, I just don't see how you can add more than really another five to possibly 10 pounds at most, um, which puts him in the Sean Jackson sort of weight category. But he doesn't have the Sean Jackson speed that he did when Deshaun was a lot younger. So I think for a receiver of sort of Smith's build, the top end speed isn't there because these smaller, lighter receivers, you expect them to have that elite speed. Smith is very good. Um, but again, I don't. I think if you fall in love with Devonta Smith, you already have. Um, and the epilepsy with Justin Fields, um, again, it depends on the severity, but I don't think it will affect his draft book too much. I was reading on Twitter earlier, uh, Alan Fanica, center for the Pittsburgh Steelers, played 13 years with epilepsy. And I don't ever remember his career being hampered by his epilepsy. Um, and I'm sure there's lots of other athletes who suffer similar conditions. So hmm. I don't think that one matters so much. But again, I'm sure these teams will do the medical evaluations to see how severe they all are. Mm. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, yeah, sorry, sorry, ladies and gents, for okay, hear a bit of feedback off Tristan's mic. Um, I'm going to pass it over to Sukti. Maybe, I don't know. Sorry, Tristan. I know it's uh, it was crackling quite a lot from our end. I'm not sure if you heard that, Suk. Yeah, I could hear it a bit, but I could understand everything Tristan said. So, uh, sure. Well, uh, you know, great. Oh, um, yeah. great analysis. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you make some fantastic points. But I'll hang, I'll hand it over to you, Suck, and maybe see if anything because uh, we've, we've tried a few different systems tonight. If, if anything Tristan can do, but I'll, I'll send it over to you, Suck, deep, and let you um, and pose the same question to you. What do you think about Tristan's? Uh, thoughts on on Farley, Smith, and Fields. Yeah, I mean, to an extent, I agree with um, all three observations he's had with those players. I mean, just looking at bringing other things into play. If you look at Caleb Farley as well, the the interesting thing is as well that he um, opted out um, this season as well. So, given the fact that he's still been dealing with these injuries whilst not actually playing competitive football this year it's not as if you know he's played a whole year of football and he's just suddenly picked up this injury he, this is something that's been still lingering over the course of while he's uh, been opted out sure. and he's you know sort of practicing you know getting ready for the draft so that would be a bit, bit of a concern to me um, if it was something that he'd injured during a game during the season I could you could say well you know injuries happen in the game and you know he he's coming back, but then given the fact that he's had that sample of no year of uh, playing college football, he's still in that situation. I think that is something that is a bit of a concern when it comes for uh, Caleb Farley, um, Devonta Smith. You have to just look at the stats really when it when you when it comes to players of his size. There's not many NFL players, you know, his size who have made 
you know, a big success out of a career. Uh, granted, there's not many players that have probably been drafted his size, you know. Um, yeah. I, re- I read somewhere about Tutu Atwell actually being potentially smaller as well than um, mm. um, Devonta Smith. So that one's interesting. I'm sure someone mentioned in another WhatsApp group that he's sort of around the £150 mark. So that's All another right. player who's been touted quite well as a wide receiver, you know, in the early rounds. Um who may potentially, um, you know, be you know severely what you call undersized for the position, but the game's changing as well, isn't it? There's so many different uh, plays that they can build for Devonta Smith. It's not always going to necessarily be you know tough going for him. Um, it, sure. It'll be interesting, but for me, I I would not have him anywhere near like a top ten pick. For me, you know, in my original. Analysis of him, I had him mocked to the Cardinals. I think that was prior to the Cardinals um, making, obviously, that you know the the free agency signings. Um, so that that may change, but you know I wouldn't be surprised if he was to fall lower in the first round. To be honest, but no doubt, obviously, as a college prospect, you know he's he's done a fantastic job. Sure, Justin no. Fields. Um, I think the Justin Fields one's an interesting one because yes, um, the examples that um, you know Tristan gave about Alan Fenneker, and I was doing a bit of research about you know players in other sports who have had epilepsy. A lot of them sort of grown out of it prior to them actually becoming a professional athlete. So uh, yeah. interestingly enough, Ronde and Tiki Barber, um, who you and I obviously you know uh, you know played for our respective teams, uh, they, they yeah. um, had epilepsy uh, at a very young age. And mm. obviously, they grew out of it. I think with Justin Fields, we don't know enough um, because y- sure. you can't just look at the fact that okay, he, he, you know, he may not get it on the field. Obviously, he may not be an issue when he's playing on the field. But at the end of the day, there's always a risk. Like, you know, he could have an epileptic fit anywhere, and that could cause. I mean, I don't want to sound grim, but, you know, some, something like that could cause, you know, fatal uh, damage, you know, particularly, you know, if you're driving a car or if you're doing anything. So me as a, a general manager, I would always have to consider the fact that how severe is, you know, his uh, epileptic fits? When did he last have one? If it's something that's happened more recently in the last six to 12 months, mm. we need to understand that, you know, the, the, the end day, can this guy do certain things? Like, you know, for example, I wouldn't be comfortable in him driving a car I'd rather him have a chauffeur uh yeah. drive around you know so if, if they can manage it in that way where it doesn't impact impact him then you know why not someone um you know like the 49ers draft him but hopefully i it just gives me another reason to try and root for him to be honest because you know i think going through something like that can't can't be easy you know um and fingers crossed you know he the evaluators uh who draft him see the same thing yeah, I, so just to tackle it chronologically, um, Caleb Farley. The not the thing is with Farley, and I don't mean to discredit him here. He was viewed as the best cornerback in this draft by many people. Um, those who didn't feel Satan was Satan was the best cornerback. The thing is, though. He was never in danger of being picked any higher than nine, and I know that's a bit, it's a bit kind of blasé to say, but mm. because he's, I don't feel anyone was like, God, we need to trade up for Caleb Farley. Caleb Farley's 
going to be Jalen Ramsey, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, him and Satay, so, it was back and, and forth, wasn't it, really? It, it, was, yeah. it was, and I don't know if any people really get ever got too excited over him, where, for example, a team might go, oh, we need a corner. And you know what first-round corners are like? It's a bit of a crapshoot. So mm. I think him not being the like a, a prospect that anyone viewed as generational, uh, or a position that I many people consider as like the most important position, um, that his stock always was in a position mm-hmm. to fall with yeah. an announcement like back. Like I don't feel if this was Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson or Justin Fields that he would drop anywhere near as much as Farley is. Yeah, because no, great. yeah, and so Farley's drop will probably be. We we probably think the back end of the first round. Yeah, that's on a team who really don't need a first round draft pick to 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 keep them in the hunt for the for the Lombardi. Yeah, um, who can take a flyer on a guy who may have extreme upside talent. It's a bit like exactly. I mean, Mont- Montez Sweat hasn't turned out to be Miles Garrett, but Montez Sweat went twenty something, yeah. and he's. You know, the turns out the heart issue has not been a problem, and as far as we're aware, and he's been pretty productive um, for for Washington. Um, so, yes, I see Farley for probably falling to the, yeah. the layer in the first round. Yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head. I mean, when you look at um, the draft last year, I mean, look at how early Jeffrey Okuda was uh, drafted. Now uh, there's, there's talent you can get in the corner position in like the later rounds, the second, third round. Yeah. There's definitely players there who you can potentially look at and change in your franchise. Just look at my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, obviously, you know, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Jamal Dean, we got them in sort of the second and third rounds um, yeah. in the draft. And obviously they've turned out to be, re- you know, really productive players and, you know that that will certainly be the case in this year's draft. You're going to get a good corner in the second or third round. Um, you know, uh, look at the Bears as well with Johnson last season. He was he was uh, I ranked him as one of my best corners to be honest uh, last year, mm. and I was I was gutted he didn't go in the first round. But he, certainly, I think he's uh, been he had had a good rookie season as well. You know, um, for the Bears so. Farley, yeah. you could end up being a real bargain uh, for someone, you know, um, if they can get him in the late first, early second, you know, most sure. definitely. Yeah, I agree. Um, for Smith, I'm I'm not as I'm definitely not as low on Smith with the size as Tristan is, and I might be even slightly higher than yourself, although I might no. be wrong. But I just feel that. I know there's a step up from college to the NFL. I know that. Um, and there's, but he's not been exactly playing against um, all like 10 year old Pop Warner cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, he'd be playing against, he played against Georgia, he played against um, LSU. All got guys who will be in the NFL and future yeah. first rounders, second rounders. You know what I mean? Like, and I appreciate there'll be bigger guys in the NFL who are more experienced, but like, I just I, I don't feel that it will have a huge knock on him because I just feel like he's he's shown what he's been able to do against against grown men. Like, 
mm. you know, 19, 20, 21 year old, 22 year olds. Yeah. So um, he will have to, he'll have to put on some more weight. And I, and, and I, I do trust in what Tristan's saying with his, his build that you might think, I think he can probably put on, I mean, he's, he, what, he's 166. If he can get to like 175, Will Fuller was 180 and yeah. he, he's been fine. So, um, it's that top end speed, though, isn't it? Like, you've got, um, obviously, you know, Fuller's known for his speed, Sean Jackson as well. Um, if he can, yeah, if he can match any of those sort of tangibles, then yeah, he's certainly got a chance in this league. I wouldn't rule him out by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, Heisman Trophy winner, isn't he? So, uh, yeah, I think, yeah. I think. I mean, the 40-yard the, the dash is a little bit flawed because yeah. people saying you haven't got unbelievable speed. But, I mean, uh, what do you call it? It's, uh, it's all about running straight lines. You know I yeah. mean? That's, that's not necessarily what Devonta Smith will be running. He's not running going to be running a, a go-route, uh, no. uh, a streak or whatever every single time. But even still, we're talking about guys like Will Fuller on a 4-3-3. Is is that point two of a second or point one of five of a second really going to be the difference between him being succeeding or not? He's fast enough. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to necessarily be a four two four three guy. If you're four mm. four four and a half, that is still very fast. You're fast enough to get away from a lot of DBs. And yeah, look, I can eat my words on this. I'm sure I could, but for me. Uh, I I think if it could affect the drop drafts like a little bit, but I I can't see Devonta Smith still being on the board come like the twentieth pick. I really mm. can't. I can't because you know it's his his stats last season kind of have shown. And whether you think that guys like Waddle should go ahead of him, fair enough. But yeah, he's. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Justin Fields. It, it was quite shocking news. Um, yeah, came out obviously eight days before the draft. It's 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 really worth noting. But I uh, I I'm not convinced. Although I've kind of gone back and forth, I'm just I I'm less convinced every day that I know what the 49ers are going to do at three. Like I I don't know what to believe. Like. Know. You know that you know you know what happened with the Daniel Jones talk to the Giants. I was thinking, God, the Giants are going to make Daniel Jones their new quarterback with a 17 pick. Never in a million years, until about one hour before the pick, did I think that J- Jones was going to be the sixth overall pick. And now, being a Giants fan, I should know Mac Jones being the guy for the 49ers should not be a major shock to me anymore mm. because Jones got picked at six and. And if I want to make a case, Mac Jones just won the the uh, NFL uh, college championship. So I mean, it's uh, yeah, it it would come as a shock with what's available because admittedly they took Daniel Jones and the competition was Haskins and Locke. And personally, I think Fields and Lance is better competition than Haskins and Locke. Um, but yeah. But they traded up for him. The Giants didn't trade up to six to get Jones. The 49ers have given up a lot of capital. Capital to get Mac Jones at three is a head scratcher. But you almost don't want to rule it out because these things happen in football and you get confused as hell. 
but you know they happen. So, um, so with his stock, I don't know if he falls down and doesn't go at three. I don't think that's because the Niners have seen what's happened to Fields and have decided to change track. Like you, the Niners wouldn't have. I really don't think the Niners would. They wouldn't be that would naive move, would, to move on. No, yeah, they, yeah. they wouldn't move off. If they had Fields as their guy and moved up to get Fields, I don't think this would be enough to for them to not take him anymore because yeah. you, you'd be livid, wouldn't you? You'd be gutted that you've just like made that huge trade. Yeah. Yes, we're getting Justin Fields now and it's fallen through. Um, but no, I think either it's, it's Fields at three or if he drops down the board, it's because the Niners didn't want him in the first place, and it was yeah, it no was Jones like or Jones. Lance, yeah. Jones or maybe maybe Trey Lance. But um, so no, I don't think it affects his stock mm. at all. If if you're um, John Lynch, who are you going for that with that pick, Nick? I'm going Justin Fields. Um, yeah. I just think that the style of play they the thing is, I don't see how Matt Jones is too dissimilar to a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. Like he's he's um he's uh what do you call it agile enough yeah but he's not known to be a guy who can in my opinion is anything but like just kind of like a a guy who steers the ship kind of just like a just mm. kind of like a steady with a decent arm and possibly a good knowledge of playbooks and stuff like that. Like Fields to me is is that enigmatic QB who's got the great arm and would really fit in the sort of West Coast offense the 49ers mm. play. They sort of love their end arounds and their RPOs yeah. and stuff like that. And to be mm. fair, if I just don't understand if they if if they want because they're not going to change their offense. If they took Mac Jones just to be the dude that that is the guy that throws these RPOs, like. Garoppolo can do that. Like, yeah, that's I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand what Mac Jones can do that Garoppolo couldn't. I know yeah. what Fields can do that Jones and Garoppolo can't do. I just don't know what. Mm. And is it what is it going to just free maybe, up some cap space? Is that mm. that can't be you make, maybe, can't make maybe all that cap space. Maybe Shanahan's looking at obviously what he did um, his time at the Falcons. You know, with someone like Matt Ryan as a QB, who's obviously you know very, you know, very different to. Um, what Justin Fields is, you know, for example. So you, you could look at it two ways, really. You could go. I think Shanahan is more than capable of um, sort of managing a QB, you know, with, with sort of different styles, anyway. Um, but like you said, the kind of players that the surrounding cast that the Niners have got around um, the QB, you would expect them to go for someone like Fields than a Mac Jones, for me personally, as well. Yeah. Uh, I I I do agree with that. And for Trey Lance, I think why we're not kind of discussing him with Jones is just because I think. Well, uh, again, he he's a different prospect. Uh, again, he's a big bullish Josh Allen type quarterback mm. for me, and but he he's the most raw of the three. Um, he's yeah. played the least games with the least high level of competition. Mm. Um, but he doesn't throw an interception. I mean, he's, he doesn't uh, throw many picks. He does no. not throw many picks now. No. Um, if if any, really, from that, that twenty nineteen season, he doesn't. But um, do you feel like whoever they take at three should be ready to start straight away? Because it's interesting that they haven't moved Garoppolo yet. 
That's that's yeah. I don't think I don't think either of them I'd be comfortable with um, to start. To be honest, and I think that's probably part of the thinking with um, you know Shanahan to keep Jimmy G on board. Um, they may even look to see what you know happens in training camp. But I, that that QB whoever gets drafted will have to win the position. It's not just going to be given outright. Um, I don't see how uh, any of those three can just some, simply come in and take over Jimmy G. Because Jimmy G is still a competent starter in the NFL. I mean, he's had his injury sure. problems. He's got um, he, he's got the Niners to the Super Bowl. Um, yep. You know, uh, he was very fondly thought of uh, in New England. The fact that Bill Belichick wanted to keep him on and it was more of a, a Robert Kraft decision, I think also speaks volumes of, uh, you know, how highly he's uh, sort of rated. So, um I don't see any of those QBs just simply walking in. Um, I think it will be more of a, um, you know, a mid-season, you know, sort of Baker Mayfield type of thing. You know, if uh, you know if if they do uh, get in, so it's not it's not a guarantee. The only ones who are sure starters really, you're looking at are obviously the, you know the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Jets already. You know, um, mm. but but mm-hmm. definitely not the case for the 49ers. That's the thing. If you're Garoppolo, you want to be up and out of there, surely, because even if you win a camp battle, it's, it's, it's just your one bad game, which Garoppolo does have, away from them using the, 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 the dude that they gave up so much capital for, and, and of course, the third overall pick on. Um, there, is no, there is no real future for Garoppolo in San Francisco. Because the cards are already on the table. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I, 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 but I, you know, there's. I just don't feel like because forget what they gave to trade up. It's even the the third pick itself. Yeah. You don't use a third third pick on a quarterback to let him be a camp battle guy. Surely, yeah. But teams um, teams need to be a bit more patient. I mean, look at look at what the Chiefs did with Mahomes. They drafted him. Early in the first round, um, did they move up for Mahomes? I can't remember now, but Even he obviously again. sat behind um, Alex Smith for a year. And yeah. They were patient enough for him to, um, you know, learn the system and be a success. And the same with um, Aaron Rodgers, which was, you know, I know it was a long time ago when he had Brett Favre in the center. But there's there's no harm in drafting a quarterback that early and still. Um, giving him that space. But I think now the problem is everyone's in a win-now mentality, aren't they? And teams are just quick to call, yeah. a, call a quarterback a bust, you know. Um, the, the thing you know, is, though, with, with Smith, he was 32 and Garoppolo is just turned 29. So Garoppolo isn't, isn't at an age, nor has he had a really sort of physical decline where it's like the natural handing over of the reins. Garoppolo would still believe, and I probably still believe, is in the sort of prime of his career. Yeah. So it's a bit different to the situation with Alex Smith, who was, to be fair, a very still competent quarterback, but still at 32, had been in the NFL for 12 years. Yeah. But what Jimmy G can do this year is, if, if he is given the reins at the start, is just play his heart out. And at the end of the day, if he can get another contract elsewhere, then that, falls in favour of the Niners as well as Jimmy G as well. So, um, you know, I'm surprised, to be honest, the team is not coming for him. Um, I really would have thought, you know, another team would have uh, come for him. But obviously, they want to have a look at how the um, 
the draft unfolds as well, I'm guessing. You know, there's there's five you know potential QBs that could go in the first round. So mm. uh, time will tell. But I think with Jimmy G, I, I don't think his NFL career is far from over. I still think he can be a starter, whether it's at the 49ers or elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, very true. And I mean, he's, he's, he's contracted to the 49ers until the end of next season, 2022, mm. when he will be 31 going on 32. So, but for, for, for Jimmy, if he gets replaced mid-season or something, at the age of just turning 30, he, he, I, just, I just don't see Jimmy Garoppolo as like a is like the Ryan Fitzpatrick right the hand over the reins like he Garoppolo's at an age and even probably in ability wise to to still be like a very solid starter like you know he could take a team to the playoffs um yeah so for him if if once he loses that spot which I'm sure he will do at some point he's got to because unless he has an um, like a comeback like comeback player of the year type season and wins the award the the, the 49ers and John Lynch will sort of mm. just be sitting waiting going when you're going to play our new stud when you're going to play our new stud um, so it's a difficult position and then every I feel like every month that goes by the less time on Garoppolo's contract the less yeah draft capital they could probably get back in a trade but I think I, I personally think if they drafted Fields I don't know who 49ers have as like a, a, a second string quarterback at the moment. It's, um, um, John, they have Rosen. They have Rosen and uh, who is the guy? Um, Josh Johnson. No, no, oh yeah. The, the other guy's gone, isn't he? The young player. Oh, he, made his debut against the, no, he made his debut against the Raiders on Monday Night Football. I forgot his name. Oh, Chad. Uh, no, that was the Chiefs. I think it was them. Mullins. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's gone now. Yeah, he's gone. Oh. Is he even picked so, up by a team, by the way? I don't know. Actually, he's not listed on the roster anymore, so I think he's gone. Yeah. Nick Mullins is a free agent. Oh. So just bring back Nick Mullins, get him to start the season because he, he he's a game manager. He's not bad. Um, and then get because I just think Fields is a lot closer than a Lance or a. Even Mac, yeah, Mac Jones. I think Lance definitely needs to be sat to learn because he's quite mm. raw. But Fields has played enough games as a starter now in college for a top yeah. college team to surely not be that far away from from being. I think if if Fields get taken at three, you know, I would be surprised if he didn't see him at least mid-season if he was on any other team that didn't have a a starter that they were fully behind. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but there we go. There we go. Um, so, um, looking into next week, um, how how do you guys want to do this? How do you want to break it down? I mean, we could go through maybe what we think would be a potential bad first round pick and a good first round pick and. Maybe go through, go through each round randomly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that, that sounds we, good to we, me. We've got a bit of time. It's not so bad. Um, surprisingly, I'm enjoying speaking to you both. Oh, thanks, mate. Well, let's listen for the last ten minutes. So. I know. 
how, how, how about... How do I sound, by the way, guys? Just quickly. You sound a lot better. You sound a lot better, mate. 100%. Yeah, so for yeah. some reason, Chrome on my Mac hates Anchor and sounds horrible. But I've opened Chrome on my phone and opened the link. And the sound quality for me is the same as it is when I use the app. So, happy this. So, I've got something. I'm going to put some players to you from... This is so. Uh, this is to evaluate how good the draft is this year, and, and the sort of depth and strength of positions. I'm going to put to you some 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 players from last year's draft and this year's draft, and I want you guys to tell me which which do you side which? with team team 2020 or team team 2021. Okay, all right, sound fair. Okay, yeah, I'm up for that. All right. So first of all, I want to give you guys uh, Joe Burrow. Tua Tagovailoa and Justin Herbert, and that's Team 2020 versus Team 2021, which is Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, and Justin Fields. Ooh. Tough, isn't it? No, Team 2021. Team 2021. And it's purely because of one guy. Yeah, Trevor's obviously. Trevor, yeah. Trevor is better than all three of those quarterbacks. He wins that battle on his own. Like. He's generally that talented. I think Zach Wilson has all the upside in the world, as much upside as a Herbert does. not that, I think Zach Wilson and Justin Herbert, very similar, very similar product at the next level. And then you're looking at the fact of Fields' upside against Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow looks good, but again, I've spoken on many occasions about this. Joe Burrow was also is also three years further down his development at this point now. He'll be mm. turning 25. Fields is 21. If I'm going for the future and just taking this draft class, taking draft class, draft class, I would say this year has more success. Okay. Yeah, I think I think I think Herbert and Lawrence, the two guys, I'll kind of compare mm. against each other. Uh, I think I Herbert think... will have the better career than Trevor. Ooh. Yes. I'm gonna go for it. I'm I'm, I'm gonna say. Uh, and this is not the duck in me saying it. It's not suck the duck. This is it just is though, isn't it? This is suck the. Uh, the older, you know, or or the younger analyst, shall I say? Um, I, I just personally think Herbert's going to be a really good quarterback, and just the fact that Trevor is just going to be at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just I don't care who you are, you're going to struggle. I like the team around Herbert better than I like the team around Lawrence yeah, going in. It. By the way, that's I, that, I, I will just say that that's yeah. not me throwing my. Uh... Hat in the ring, which team I think which guy will have a better career, but um, yeah, I think Herbert's Herbert's gone to a team that, yes, finished um, with the sixth overall pick last year, but I, I think like the true value of the Chargers is like is just kind of just outside the playoffs to yeah. maybe creeping in based on the squad they've got now. But the, the, the Jags roster, of course, they've got draft picks this year. I still think at this very moment is still a bottom yeah. five or six and team in the NFL. You've got to say the same about the Jets as well, regardless of uh, Zach Wilson um, yeah. coming in. Is he going to be that difference maker that's going to propel this team from being you know, losers to winners? I don't think that's the case. They're going to have to draft well in a number of rounds for, for a good number of years. So I think, yeah, the, the, I'm basing it more on what you're saying there, Nick, is that... I just don't trust the Jags and Jets to get it done right, even yeah, with he- those quarterbacks. Herbert looked great last year. He really mm. did. But they still finished 7-9. and nine. 
you know there's so like many they games they could have won. Uh, I mean, they 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 fell. They were winning at half time quite a number of um, on a number of occasions and simply just blew it in the second half. If they could just finish games off in the fourth quarter, they they would have been potentially a ten win team. So I, I wouldn't rule that out. Mm. Especially with new coaching staff now yeah. as well. Herbert went to a better situation. The Chargers were a better built team than the Jags. I I know people compare him generationally to Peyton, but I think Trevor's going into a very similar situation to Peyton when Peyton went into a bad Colts team. Don't expect a miracle that first year from Trevor Lawrence. He'll play well, but don't expect a miracle. They still no. need to get some pieces around him. I think once he's got the pieces mm. around I if you were to put Trevor Lawrence on that San Diego Chargers team, that San Diego Chargers and wins 10 games. He's just that much better than Justin Herbert out of the gate, like um, as, a, as a player, as a prospect, whatever. I think Herbert goes to the Jaguars. He probably does two or three wins at most. I don't think he could have saved that team. So, yeah, I think Justin Herbert benefited from going to a good situation. I think Trevor will need a couple of years to build, have a team built around him. But I think long term, if you're projecting 10 years in the future, and you go Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence, which QB has a better career? I know where I'm sticking all my money every day of the week. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, he's a better, of course, he's a better prospect, Trevor Lawrence. I, 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 I think Herbert was a lot better than what people were projecting him to be. I, mm. I always thought he was a better quarterback than Tua. And uh, I felt more comfortable with a dude like Herbert over over Joe Burrow um, just because I just like so many of the like of the intangibles that Herbert has and I like his height I like his I like his build as a quarterback and a, a proper NFL quarterback the thing with Trevor he's quite a skinny dude like you know I wonder I mean mm. I, I, I want I want to see how he might deal with taking his first few major hits in the uh, in the NFL um, because that O-line for the Jags is not very good Um so, yeah, I'm just, I want to see NFL Trevor. I know we've seen college Trevor, and I know how college Trevor is one of the greatest quarterbacks in college that may, may have ever been. But, you know, so was Tim Tebow. <laughs> but I know he's a better prospect than Tebow. But I want to see NFL Trevor um, before I kind of decide whether I think he's, because I think it is. I mean, if we're going to be, if Trevor can adapt to the NFL, as easily as people think he's going to be a generational quarterback, then so can Devonta Smith at his position, you know. Um, so we'll we'll see. But you you both are you both starting with Team Twenty Twenty One? I'm going with Twenty yeah. Twenty. You're going with Twenty Twenty. Okay. Yeah, I, so, I just uh, see I just see the upside. No, I, this is not a disrespect to Trevor Lawrence. I just see the upside in those franchises, uh, i.e., the Bengals. Dolphins, well, maybe not the Bengals, but the Dolphins and Chargers. I just see more of an upside them compared to, say, someone like a Jaguars or a Jets, which is why I decided the 2020 class. Interesting. Am I going to have to give something? Okay, okay. So, it's how you do it, right? Is you get the six guys and go, who was your one, two? So, I will, I'll, I'll say Trevor Lawrence one, Herbert two. I have. I I I can't. I have to admit, from what I've seen, I, I know if we're going to play this game where Trevor Lawrence goes one based on what I've seen in college, I go I go three Joe Burrow. I go 
four Wilson, five Fields, and six Tua. So I've got one, three, and six against two, four, and five. So it doesn't. It's hard to say which it's hard, one. Hard, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm I'm gonna go with team. I'm gonna go with team 2020, really? and that's because I there's two quarterbacks that I think that have long NFL careers and Herbert and Burrow. I think Lawrence is a, will definitely have a long career. I am not 100... I would not put large amounts of money on Zach Wilson being a future Pro Bowl quarterback with the Jets. I, I don't feel like I could do that if I was put money, like, gun to my head. Nor Fields, even though I really like Fields. So, I'm, I'm playing the safe bet and I'm going Team 2020. Anyway, moving on. Wide receivers, okay? <laughs> Henry Ruggs, CeeDee Lamb, and Jerry Judy against uh, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddle. We've kind of had this discussion before, didn't we? I think I brought it up in um, when we were doing the wide receiver analysis. Yeah. yeah. Um, which side are you leaning towards, though? I think I, think I know which one I'm going to go for. I know which one I'm going for. I, I think I'm going for this year's class. Um, I think the pedigree for of all those three, um, you know, is you know quite incredible. Um, looking at the seasons that Judy, it's hard because you, you think about the seasons they had. I mean, they didn't have bad seasons, did they? Um, all three of those receivers. I mean, it's always hard being a rookie receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I think I'd lean towards this year's class just because I think out of the three of them. The worst one is a Heisman Trophy winner, and then you got Jamar Chase, who's uh, you know, going to be a beast of a receiver, I think, in the NFL for years to come. And Jalen Waddle's just explosive as well. Um, the worst one's the Heisman Trophy winner. For, for, yeah. well, fair, fair, fair enough. My worst one is the one that the Raiders took, personally. But yeah. Oh no, I meant uh, those three. Sorry. Uh, oh, sorry. Three. Yeah, sorry. yeah. You're not not overall. Oh. Yeah. I thought my bad. Well, even See, the way honest, I even still, you could. I would, you could still say Smith's the worst out of six if you if you wanted to. They're all good receivers. So, so the way I'm looking at this here is I'm I'm breaking it down to there's three very similar prospects to a degree. So I'm going pure number one as the NFL would see it. So you're looking. I'm going Chase versus Judy. Right? They're they're both the more stereotypical what you would see number one wide receiver. I, I still. Well, I have a I have a higher grade on Jerry Judy coming out than I do Jamar Chase, so I still prefer Judy to Chase, and I think Judy is the best out of these six wide receivers. Then I'm looking at the competent route runner, short yard after catch, Devonta Smith versus um, CD Lamb. Mm-hmm. I think the situation is that his quarterback situation wasn't great, and Amari Cooper takes a lot of targets. I would still say CD Lamb is a much better wide receiver than Devonta Smith. And then out of the two speed guys, you've got Ruggs and Waddle. And I've, I've said it on the podcast, I've said it to anyone who listen. I think Jalen Waddle is the prospect that everyone expected Henry Ruggs to be, and he wasn't. He's a much more polished version. So when I match these two receiver classes up in that way, I've got it as a 2-1 win to last year's class. And I'm going class in 2020. I think okay. that receiver class will be better because I have more faith in Lamb 
and Judy. That's a fair assessment. I, I, I've gone with um, 2021 because I think that I think that if Chase and Waddle can be the receivers that we think they can, mm. I think they can have better. And, and with their landing spots, potentially, I think they can have a better career. Just because, you know, I mean, Lama's got that Prescott. That's so true. But he's still not going to be a number one target at his team. Bronco, Jerry Judy's being hampered by the fact that Broncos, if they don't go for quarterback again, they've wasted Jerry Judy's first two years of his career. Um, and and Ruggs, Ruggs is like a Ruggs is very much like a, he doesn't seem to get. I don't think Ruggs is going to be a huge target guy. I think he'll be like he'll get a couple of targets a game, one of which will get him thirty five yards pretty much every game. Do you know what I mean? So, um, I think Chase has the chance to be the number one receiver on the Dolphins. And yet, argument is he's got Tua thrown to him. Do we believe in Tua? Not sure, but I think he walks in as the number one receiver at the Dolphins um, and becomes like the main target. Despite Will Will Fuller, I think Chase has got crazy amounts of potential. Jalen Waddle, where he will go is the real tough question. Um, but I mean, I don't know where he's going to end up, Waddle. But I just, I do. I, I, I've, I've started to like Waddle a lot more. As we get toward the mm-hmm. draft, because he's going to be—he is. Tristan explained it really well. He's the polished version of Gen, uh, Henry Ruggs. I love his aggression. I just love yeah. how he just gets in there, just no fear. And Devonta Smith, you know, I, you know, I'm different to you guys. I still think Smith. I still. I I, I can't I can't watch Devonta Smith in college. As I said, I believe that he's playing against grown men DBs. Yes, they're only similar age to him. But these are all guys. He's played against plenty of guys who will be starters in the NFL next year for a number of teams. Mm. Um, maybe if he gets matched up on a, a bigger receiver, it's going to be interesting to see how he he works out. But I still feel like he 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 will have a good NFL career. Um, but with, yeah, he doesn't have the burst of Jude Ed Waddle. He doesn't kind of have the well, the kind of all-round polished ability of Jamar Chase, but this guy's had a lot of knocks put on him for the dude that won the Heisman was the best receiver in college football last year. So um, I'm sure one team in the first round will give him some love. And I, I'm really looking forward to seeing he's probably the receiver I might want to, be, want to see the most because he's had so many doubters um, for the dude that won the Heisman. So it will it'll be interesting for sure. But I, I'll go team 2021. I'm not just trying to go against Tristan every time, but... Um, oh, thanks, right. Nick. Yeah, as well. Unintentionally. Um, <laughs> right. Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills, and Mackay Becton. Sorry, Tristan. I'm literally. Oh. I'm literally. I'm going because well, you, you've got to apologise to Tristan as well, actually. Why? Trist- Tristan Wirfs. No, yeah, they have to franchise Tristan. <laughs> no, I'm playing. I'm playing the game of the because because you know with the receivers, I probably would have taken out Henry Ruggs and I would have put in Justin Jefferson. But yeah. I'm playing the game of the first three receivers sure. taking the draft against who probably will be the first three receivers. So uh, Andrew Thomas, Jedrick Wills, and Mackay Becton against um, Penny Sewell. Um, 
Rashawn Slater, and Christian Darasaw. Which team are you on? Team 2020 or Team 2021? Do you want to start, Tristan, mm-hmm. or me? Or... You go, so I need a bit of time. Um, for me, coming into last year's draft, I really liked... I, I was... Although he's a risky pick, but I was a big fan of Mackay Becton. Um, I actually had him as being my first offensive lineman after uh, Tristan Wirfs. But then looking at, obviously, the situation with the Jets, uh, Sewell's definitely the more accomplished and polished, I guess, uh, he's been talked about. Um, but I don't want to come across as being biased again. No. But Jedrick Wills has had a really good season with the Browns. I mean, the Browns' offensive line was very much improved this year as well, weren't they? Yeah. So I think oh. I think based on that, you probably do have to go with 2020 because I'm still not sure on Sewell, um, you, you know, in terms of how highly he's been regarded. Um, and I'd, I like the look of, obviously, Jedrick Wills. Um, Andrew Thomas is... I mean, Nick, you're probably in a better position than me to sort of discuss Andrew Thomas, but I think a lot of people were sort of underwhelmed by that draft pick by Gettleman, weren't they? Mm. Yeah, so I say it's an easy one. It's not really an easy one, but um, I'm going to say Team 2021 because I don't think, I've not been enamoured by any of the tackles. Um, So starting off, Andrew Thomas taken fourth overall. Um he started really, he struggled immensely when he started and uh, and he had a couple of games when the Giants were playing well um, that he played well I think it was against the Seahawks and the Bengals I think he he, he, he had two excellent games but overall um, he he did struggle uh, he gave up more sacks than any other of those three guys last season um, and yeah, it, he was PFF had him as the didn't actually have him as the worst graded tackle, believe it or not, the three of them. But the Thomas, there's potential there. He flashed some goodness. He's, um, you know, the dude's only 22 years old still, so he's got a lot of time. So let's mm. he can get better. Uh, Jedrick Wills was the no, was it Mackay Becton then Wills was it Wills then Becton? It was Wills um, then Becton? So Jedrick Wills. I think looks like a really polished dude. The problem is Jedrick Wills. And I, honestly, I, I, I know one of the things people said about Daniel Jones, oh, he fumbles, he fumbles. And I know they, it can be coached to get better, but and a, and a sack is not good. But Jedrick Wills was the second most penalised player in all of football this year. He, had, he was flagged 11 to actually, apparently according to PFF, he was tied first. Yeah. He was flagged 11 times. Um, the dude just could not get set. And for even throughout the season, his first year, he just did not seem to get um, Baker's, like, um, was like, not play calls, but Baker's, like, mm. um, cadences. Yeah. Um, it and, takes time, though. I mean, Donovan, it, Smith's, Donovan Smith's been doing that for years. Um, yeah, the so books, Smith, so. I think Smith was who he was tied with, I think. Yeah. Um, but... but <laughs> And I know, I know. People will say like, "Well, he only he only allowed four sacks, which is less than Thomas, who allowed ten, and Beckton seven. But 
penalties hurt your teams, and if you're the most penalised player in the whole the mm-hmm. whole of the NFL, that's not a good thing. So yeah, yes. and yeah, you have to consider how much of that is also you know Wyatt Teller and Jack Conklin as well who were really accomplished um, mm. offensive linemen as well. But no, exactly. I, 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 well, I mean I, I weren't aware about the penalties to be honest. So it shows you how much I know. But generally, what I saw from the offensive line play, I did think. Bar any penalties, he was he was pretty decent. He was. He only allowed four sacks, which was less. Mm. I mean, Thomas allowed ten all season, which is not good. Yeah. Mackay Beckham, in my opinion, had the most well-rounded season, but even he had seven penalties, and which is tied for ninth in the NFL, and seven sacks he allowed. Um, so considering Thomas allowed ten, but had three penalties, Beckham had seven sacks, seven penalties. It's it's okay. It's 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 an all right result for a first year tackle. So out of these three guys, I'm not. I just don't personally feel like enamoured. They all look okay. Some better than others. I think Panay Sewell it looks like just a better prospect than all three. I think Rashawn Slater can be as good as any of those other three guys. And then it's about Darasaur, and I, I don't. I don't. I'm unsure on Darisol, but I think I'd have Sewell as the number one out of these six. And I'd be hard-pressed to pick any of these three guys before Rashawn Slater. Like, I don't feel like any of these guys are like, oh, he's definitely the number two. So I'm actually going to edge it to Team 2021 um, just because me personally, I just don't... I All these tackles did okay. Nice. Some one better mm. than other. I'd probably say Beckton was my favourite. Mm. I still don't feel out of these three tackles... These three tackles. Um, anyone yeah. nailed a, nailed a home run with that pick? I think you put up a better argument than me, to be honest. So I, I can't sort of disagree with you, even though I did go for twenty twenty. So no, people, people yeah. will be people who disagree with me completely, yeah. and that's absolutely fine. It's just an opinion. Tristan, what's yours? Yeah, I've struggled here, so I, I I try and pick matchups. I try and score it that way. So the two tackles in each of these classes, I like the least. At the bottom of my list is Andrew Thomas versus Christian Darasaur. I can't pick one there because I don't like Darasaur enough, but I don't like Thomas enough. But they're not bad. They're not good. They're meh. They are the definition of meh players. So that's a tie. And then my second favourite out of each one, Beckton versus Rashawn Slater. Again, I, I'm not as high on Mackay Beckton as you are, Nick. I... I think he's primarily built and plays like a right tackle who's being forced to play left tackle. I think longevity at left tackle isn't quite there for Beckton. I think he'll give up sacks if he's playing on that left-hand side for too long. I don't think that will go away. I see him as more primarily a right tackle, but I think he's a better right tackle than Rashawn Slater. I think that's really close. Mm. I think you might give the edge to Slater for position versatility. You couldn't kick Beckton into guard and play him there. Uh, Jerry Rawls, yes, did have a lot of penalties last year, but what I saw was solid football, solid hand skills. There's, there's more, there's more of a coaching thing there. I, I'm in a bit of a group with Nick that the penalties are a bad thing, but I think if that's the one weakness of your game, your rookie year, is you're giving away too many penalties, and he was playing on the right hand side when he can, and it's, I think if you kick over to the left, it might suit him a little better. I think he, out of those three, will be the most consistent left tackle. Now, is he better than Penai Suel? No. Suel wins that matchup clean for me. But the other two, I'm so sort of flip of a coin 
like, I'm probably going to go 2021. I prefer Slater a little bit more to Mackay Betson, and that's really it. But mm. I don't think there's, I think you could separate these guys with a piece of paper. It's that close. Just, I'm like, like I'm not enamored with any of them too much. Mm. Yeah, I, I probably, you know, I was basing it. I think Becton had a better because Becton was actually close to being a Pro Bowler um, last year, genuinely in in the vote in the votes early on. Um, but yeah, I think I, I said Becton had the best season. I still stand by that because, um, as I said, he personal play. He was he was like second on the Jets. I think out the whole Jets team to for the Pro Bowl and actually came really close. Or it might be number one, you know, I'm not sure. But with Wills, yeah, but that's the thing. If Daniel Jones had a fantastic or very, very good rookie season, if you take the fumbles out, 24 touchdowns, 12 picks is pretty damn good for a rookie. But it was marred by fumbles. Jedrick Wills, probably the most polished of the tackles, maybe by Tristan Wirfs, but he was the most penalised player in football, he cost the team something like 130 yards in a season, which technically on paper is like, give. I mean it's, it's, it's like you want to see someone that's the thing, with Daniel Jones, would you rather have seen him fumble a lot or pick a lot? Fumble that's, that's, that's the truth and so with Wills, would you rather see him get give up 11 sacks or 11 penalties? The sacks, of course, but you can't dispel the penalties just like you can't dispel the mm. the fumbles. So, yes, I agree with Tristan. I think Fields is Fields, uh, Wills is probably had the better season based on general play of an offensive tackle um, in, in protection, but and hopefully it should be coached out of him. But that did really mar him last season as a evaluating his season. Um, but no, I think what Tristan put together is pretty, pretty, pretty fair on his analysis of which year you would take and why. Um, should we do a couple more? Um, yeah. How about... Yeah. We're in the about, running backs, have we? Or? No, running backs. So this is going to be tough. But I will, I'll go with um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, DeAndre Swift... And Jonathan Taylor against Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, and who is the consensus third running back? Javante not... Williams. Javante Williams. Okay. Me. But uh, I know Tristan might disagree because he was big on Gainwell. I know he's big on Gainwell, but who is mock drafts? Because when we—that's all we can go by. Javante. Okay, so we just we will go with Javante just based on expectation. Um, because then technically I could, if we wanted to play the game of who was the best, then that's when I could put Justin Jefferson in or Tristan Wirfs, whatever. Um, Tristan, you can go first. Team 2020 or Team 2021? This one for me is a no-brainer. Um, and it's last year's I, mm. I think, I just, for me, and it's because of one, it's purely because of, one player that really gives it the edge for me. So, Clyde Hilaire, for me, comparable to Travis Etienne, I think Edwards Hilaire is slightly better at this point. Um, DeAndre Swift is the least liked running back out of this lot. I like the least. Um, 
So I'll turn up against Javonta Williams. I still probably will take Swift over Williams, personal preference. Mm. But for me, Jonathan Taylor is head and shoulders above the rest of the running back oh, yeah. on these lists. That he just he's carrying the boulder for in twenty twenty by himself. I would happily take him over all the other running backs on that list, and it's not even a close competition. I don't have anything to add to that. I was waiting for Tristan to say something that I disagreed with, but I don't. Yeah, I, I can't. I've got nothing more to say, and I, I, I was, I've been as high on Jonathan Taylor as a running back coming out of college as any running back. Um, in it's well, since Saquon. Um, yeah. I know Taylor's. I mean, he did get three hundred receiving yards actually last year, and he was he was and he got a touchdown. But um, yeah, he had he had just shy of um fifteen hundred all-purpose yards in his first year. I don't know if Jonathan Taylor will be one of the best running backs in the NFL. I just know that he will be like he will be, be consistent. A guy, won't he? Yes, yeah. yes, he will be a guy that like. You know, if you when you're evaluating a team, they've got a good running back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He'll be like a, he should be like a 1,200 yeah. yards a season guy, which may earn him a Pro Bowl. I hope it does. I'm sure he'll get into a couple mm. in his career. He, he's actually improved from college as well. Like he had a lot of issues with uh, fumbling as well when he was at Wisconsin. Mm. Uh, I remember because he was in my fantasy football team, and I just remember like absolutely being infuriated. I mean, thankfully he won me the championship, but. There were times where you'd fumble the ball and it'd be costly. Um, but I don't think uh, he had the such issues uh, with the Colts. Obviously, yeah, that one, offensive line. Yeah, one loss, one, one loss. Fumble. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I think that part of his game has also improved. Um, yeah, I'd have to agree with Tristan's view on this one. Um, and he, he knows better than anyone. Obviously, Travis Etienne, what he brings to the table. So am I to sort of disagree if he says twenty twenty? Yeah. I agree. Right, uh, I'm gonna do two, two, two more. Well, uh, actually, no. I'll try. I'll, let, 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 I'm gonna try and do three more. Okay. So <laughs> here's one for you. Uh, Chase Young, Calavon Chason, and do you know what? Like looking at defensive ends. Uh, he can't class Derek Brown as one. No, um, okay. So, Von Chason. And then you've got to go to Yita Gross Matos from Penn State, genuinely. So, so we've got, who have we got? Chase Young, Chason, and Gross Matos. Up against Quitty Pie, Gregory Rousseau. <laughs> And who's the other edge that we would say that would be like a pure edge? Jalen Phillips? Okay, Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips. I'm trying to think of the three. What's Clifford? No, that, or that, Azizio Lawale, just so you've not uh, got two I Miami think, guys. Oh, I wait. Might, I, I might put, I might put um, Ojolari with the linebacker crew because a lot of places line him as a, uh, have him as an outside linebacker. Rather than okay. like a linebacker, rather than an edge, pure edge. But we'll go with this group: Chase Young, Caleb on Chase on, and Yita Gross Matos against Puddy Pie, Gregory Rousseau, and Jalen Phillips. Team twenty twenty or team twenty twenty one. Again, I'll have to go first. Yeah, if you want, it's easy. Again, it 
there's one player that drags the whole entire class up for me. And you look at all these defensive ends, there's only one of them that you sit there and go, that's an elite talent. Yeah. That's Chase Young. Caleb on Chase on, high upside guy, didn't really show it in his first year. And that's fine. Gregory Rousseau's a high upside guy who probably won't show it in his first year. Jalen Phillips and Ross Matos. I probably prefer Phillips, but the health concerns are still there and we don't know how he's going to pan up. So it's mm. not going to be by a country mile. Yeah. But for me, Quitty Pie, but Quitty Pie is the top edge supposedly against Chase Young. <laughs> and that's not even close. That's not even fair on yeah. Quitty Pie. He's a solid player, but Chase Young is one of those generational pass rushers. Put it this way if you had Chase Young on his own in that class, against and say the other two chase on and gross matos was in 2021 you'd still probably go for 2020 wouldn't you against those yeah. five so i, I think, think that just says it all yeah generational I'm, talents i'm i'm the thing is i'm tempted to go with 2021 because i mean it's it's like uh, it's, it's almost like you can't give it a grade because chase young is so much better i've been so deeply disappointed by caleb on chase on i really think He's been like really poor. I've not been impressed by like anything that he's done. Um, I didn't like him coming out too much, and, to be and, fair, so I'm not surprised. I, gross I can get where you're disappointed. Gross Matos actually looks slightly better, but even still, is he, he? And the thing is with Matos, he had an ankle injury and went on IR, and then was placed on the COVID list as well. So I actually have Gross Matos. I think he's. A, I think he's shown that he's a better player in the glimpses I've seen over Chase on. Um, Rousseau could be a beast. And I like Phillips and Pye as solid players. So it's almost like I want to go like young one, obviously, Chase on six. And I don't know where Gross Matos would go in between the, the three talents, but I feel like I've got like unbelievable okay and not great against like fairly good could be really good and good so it's hard really because it's such a spectrum in the 2020 category so maybe I just can't really mm. call it it's just Chase Young and, and, a, and a team full of bombs no joking but um, <laughs> it, it, yeah, well he makes them look like it doesn't he because it's it does oh well right uh can can we shall we do who are the top three DTs in this year's draft? Barmore. Um, you can't go DT, I don't think. I just I don't yeah. think that's in this year's class. So do we do we basically uh, just say that it's a whitewash already for team twenty twenty? Yeah, just sack them off. Yeah. Derek Brown, Kinlaw and I love Kinlaw. Uh, uh next DT Bros Black maybe. Yeah, those two win it for yeah. 2020 yeah. easily. All you right, could find the entirety of this draft class and put them in a fight, and they still would win. So. Okay, here, here's one for you because I'm going to do these guys one second. I'm just going to make sure I've got them all written down. Uh, yep. And uh, oh, God, I've got to pick this dude over. I thought I had a different dude, but okay. And this year's going to have. Ooh, this 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 might cause some interest. 
Okay. Isaiah Simmons, Kenneth Murray, and Jordan Brooks. Yes, not Patrick Queen, because somehow Brooks got picked in front of him. Yeah. Um, against Michael Parsons, Aziz Ojalari, and Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. Again, for me, it's not close. No, I don't think it's close either. 2021? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hello. <laughs> oh. Uh, I don't think Michael Parsons brings the standard of that draft class up quite enough. Like, I Com- genuinely... You, you're just a Clemson lover, aren't you? Oh, no, Kenneth Murray. Kenneth Murray, for me, is... Oh. Right, so Kenneth Murray is a really, really good linebacker. Uh, I actually had Simmons versus Amusa Koroela as a matchup in my mind. They're two very similar linebackers. Is the worst version of that. So he wins that. He wins. Simmons wins that one. Obviously, um, Kenneth Murray me is my favourite linebacker in this class, in last year's class. Like out of out of the tape. Yes, Parsons is better than him, but I don't think it's much. And then the third one, I quite like Brooks, and I don't like Olari at all. I he's a he's a one-dimensional edge guy that I just don't think is going to do too much in the NFL. So. He gets thinned really easily to Brooks, who isn't that much better, but I like him a bit more. So for me, I've just got it as a 2-1 win for last year's draft mm. class, and it's not close because... I, I would say, but, personally, this is the most, most comfortable position I could choose out of all of them so far. And I personally think that it's, it's, as, it's not far from a whitewash 2021. Um, yeah, that's I what I felt. I think Micah Parsons is a lot better than Kenneth Murray. I think it's Kenneth Murray if he was an elite pass rusher as a linebacker, middle linebacker. Um, Kenneth Murray's more of a pure middle linebacker. Micah Parsons is a do it all over the place. Like, I think, <clears throat> yes, Micah Parsons is the best linebacker out of that group. He is. I just think there's more depth in last year's class at linebacker. I, the thing is, I don't, I, like, I don't even. I think Jordan Brooks in a redraft would be lucky to go in day two. I don't see anything in Jordan him, Brooks. People had him as a third round, didn't they? That's typical Seahawks again. Just there's, there's nothing I've seen in Jordan Brooks that would make me understand why he is a first round pick. And after watching a first four season at the Seahawks and looking at his stats. I don't. I'll put money now that I think that I don't. Under, I don't see how Oshalari could have a worse season with which, which mm. whatever team he's on. Um, Brooks didn't finish the season with a, with a sack. Um, it was just thirty-five solo tackles, wasn't it? That was it. Yeah, I just I don't think that he did. I mean, how many games did he play? Like, let's be let's at least be fair. He he played in it quite a lot actually. He played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven games in the playoff game. And to be fair, he had one of his a pretty productive game um in the playoff game against the Rams in which they lost. But like yeah, I just I don't I, I like Ojalari. I I I like him and I know that's where we differ. Um no more so this this might clarify it. Or you, my position, why I think this is easy. I went back and watched more of Jari tape. I had him as a third round prospect, talent wise. That's what I see. An inconsistent pass rusher who's only meant to be good at pass rushing. He offers nothing else to me as a linebacker, offers no run support, can't drop into coverage. He's an inconsistent, nice 
paced linebacker who will do bugger all at the next level. I think that he'll be one of these project pieces that doesn't do it for me. I me and Nick don't want to hear really me, not... me and Nick don't want to hear that, Tristan, honestly. No, I mean, I, me. <laughs> uh, I mean I think in ten I mean in his in his last season he he had nine and a half sacks, twelve and a half tackles for a loss in ten games with four forced fumbles and topped it off with uh in the bowl game he was by far and away the best player. Um, he he. I don't know if he won the defensive MVP in that game, but he wasn't just defensive MVP. He was the MVP. Georgia didn't win that game without Ojolari. He was literally at Desmond Ritter's feet on almost every play, um, and that's when I knew that Ojolari was definitely going to be a first-round pick after that game. Uh, I, I don't. I mean, I I don't see what Tristan sees. With Ojolari, I see a, a, a very consistent pass rusher who, and I mean, how did you, I mean, I actually didn't watch a lot of, I don't watch a lot of Big 12 football, so I don't really, but Jordan Brooks, okay, Jordan, Jordan Brooks had a pretty, I mean, he didn't get a lot of sacks, but he was pretty, pretty um, efficient at getting to uh, running backs on, 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 when they sort of kind of went for like a, a stretch plays and stuff like that, he had twenty tackles for a loss. But I, I don't. It hasn't translated to the NFL. Um, how many tackles for a loss did he has he had this season? He has, he's got two tackles for a loss in in fourteen games, six starts. Yeah, I don't see anything in Brooks personally that would make me confident he's going to be better than Ojolari. I don't know about what, Tristan. Oh, so um, it's just been kind of me and Tristan talking. What, right. Which team do you, which team do you go for? I went for twenty twenty one. I don't see too much upside in uh, Jordan Brooks. I do like Isaiah Simmons. I think he uh, could very well become a, a you know a really top player for the Cardinals. But I just like the upside in uh, Mika Parsons as well. I think he's um, just someone I. I think, you know, I know we're take, talking about his character issues, etc. But I think from a playing perspective, he's someone who, you know, can be highly productive. I, I think there's good upside in Ojolari as well. I have him sort of as a, a, a late first round, early second round potential prospect. I don't rate him. Um, I, don't, I don't have him as down as what sort of Tristan does, uh, to be honest. And that's where I saw Jordan Brooks last year. So I think it's just a case of he very well could end up being that way. But for me now, I, I just didn't see too much in um, sort of the production side of things from the 2020 class to change my mind on that. Tristan, um, Isaiah Simmons, what was your opinions on his first NFL season? Because for me, I was a guy who was like, that's who I wanted it for. And I knew it was becoming a pipe dream as we got closer to the drafters. You know, you never want to admit your team. You never want to admit your team um, needs to take a tackle. Do you know what I mean? It's not a sexy pick. And you always hope. Because that, that, that's true. Come on. Even suck. Come on. In, in the in the card collecting game, when, you, when you're when you getting merch and stuff like that. 
Mm-hmm. It's not much fun when your team takes a tackle in the first round and yeah. you're seeing your friends, you're collecting the easy so much buzz about him when you look at his uh, 40 time as Simmons and the yeah. fact that he's sort of the hybrid player who could um, you know drop back in coverage as well. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of upside with him more than quite a number of other prospects, uh, to be honest. So, well, people were expecting like sort of uh, six, seven sacks, uh, maybe eight pass deflections and five picks or something. He played 16 games. He had 54 tackles, two sacks, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery, two passes deflected and one pick went back for 12 yards. Tristan, um, what as a Clemson fan, what do you think of Simmons' first season in the NFL? He showed promise. It's, I, think, I think he was overhyped come the end. I love Isaiah Simmons. I always suspected it would take him a couple of seasons to get to grips with the NFL. Um, the reason his stats are part of it Clemson is Brent Venables just used to just run him out there and go, Isaiah, go and do what you want. Just I'll tell you roughly in the field where I want you to be and you just go and do what you want. And he was sort of given free run. Arizona, obviously he's got to be a bit more locked in on that defense when he's playing mm-hmm. certain things. But like, those stats speak for themselves. He's capable of getting in the backfield. Um He's capable of defending the pass and he can play solid linebacker snaps. Um, I think it's a matter of the Cardinals figuring out how much rotation in each position or where they line him up. Um, they need to figure that out. Mm. Yes, yeah, solid. It's not electric, but it was solid. Um, but yeah, I, again, and I think Rusa Koromori will be similar. They'll, they'll try and move him around a little bit. But I just don't think he has the versatility that Isaiah Simmons doesn't. And I think Isaiah Simmons showed that this rookie year, and that's all that needed to be done. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think they'll. I think Awusu uh, Koromoa will line up as a pure linebacker a lot more in the NFL than what Simmons has been asked to do. Do you know what I mean? I, I really do think he, he'll be limited to a sort of, sort of sideline to sideline middle slash outside linebacker. I don't think they'll ask him to drop it in deep coverage as much as Simmons gets yeah. asked to with his obscene pace. So that's why I imagine, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Owusu Karamoa has more sat, uh, tackles and stuff than Simmons this year. Just because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Just because, yeah, I think like they won't I say, be asked to do that as much. Yeah, like I say, for me, I feel, I just... For, this, for the last year's class, I think it's more consistent. Um, and I get that Jordan Brooks doesn't light up the stack sheet, but Seattle played this more 4 3, and he was playing weak side linebacker. Weak side linebackers in a 4 3 don't tend to have stats to me. And that's fine. And I think he, I think he was solid and showed something. Um, like I said, I just, I think. And then, so for me, it's you comparing a 4 3 linebacker to a low who's an edge. Um, Again, like I said, I'm not high on him. So, yeah, for me, Michael Parsons just coming out, I really, really like him. I just don't know if he's enough. He's not enough of a prospect on his own that I would say he's definitely going to be come all said and done at the end of his career better than Isaiah Simmons and Kenneth Murray. I think they just have so much to offer right now. If there was a, a second linebacker in this class that I liked enough, I might be able to let Parsons be that sort of overall, he would pull it up. But it's this is more as much. I just don't like the other linebackers in this class enough. Mm. That's fair. That's fair enough. And we'll round it off with um, the DB situation. So it's Jeffrey Akuda, 
CJ Henderson and AJ Terrell against, uh, against um, Patrick Satan, JC Horn, and Caleb Farley. Team 2020 or Team 2021? Akuda was a bit of a a letdown for the obviously from where he was picked. Um, And he came up with one interception. I can't remember how many sort of tackles he had in that. I I have to be honest, I did not watch as much of Detroit as. No one did. No one did. I didn't watch a lot of Detroit, so I can't tell you like how Akuda. I I know he got mixed reviews for his rookie year, but I don't think it was terrible. And um, so for, for me, it's Akuda or Satane for that number one DB spot. I still think I'd have a slightly higher grade on Jeff Okuda than Satane. Um, yeah. JC Horn against CJ Henderson. Ooh, that's close for me. There's not masses between that. And um, Caleb Farley, AJ Terrell. I'd probably say Caleb Farley if it was the back issues for me. That AJ Terrell's, he's just he's going to be solid. He's never going to be electric. He's never going to be a lockdown corner. He's just going to be a solid DB in the league. And Caleb Farley has that upside. It's tough. You could. This is a bit more of a flip of a coin for me. These two. Mm, I, I don't. Really know who I'd pick to be honest. I'd like to what I saw out of CJ Henderson as well. At some parts, I mean, I didn't watch too much of the Jags again, but there were a couple of games where he did look, you know, very impressive to me. And like you say, with Farley's injury situation, yeah, I'd probably lean towards last year's class, maybe slightly. Yeah, I, I would only because even if let even if I said Satan and Okuda um, was a draw. Right, even if I said that, right, I just feel like Henderson and Terrell have been solid. Yeah, like they've been, you know, pretty solid, um, mm. not spectacular. And this was a DB class, remember? That's that was not particularly heralded this year. Um, JC Horn. Now I know Tristan will say he should have been higher in the first place, but he rose as as the off season um, rolled on, and. So a guy in Horn who has kind of grown into a, a solid first round pick, um, and a dude who had back injuries has got back injuries and is a worry. Again, it's two da- two dudes who played Henderson at Florida, Terrell at Clemson, and they've both been solid cornerbacks. Yeah. So none of the three have been bad, and there's I don't feel like. There's even though Akuda was the third overall pick, like I just look back and think, like he's he. There's so many drafts in which Akuda wouldn't break the top ten. Do you know what I mean? Like he Akuda to me is very good, but he never. He never. I mean, Jalen Ramsey was the fourth overall pick whenever he got drafted, right? Mm. Do you really did do you, did people really think like? The, the there Kuda were is definitely Ramsey because I I never thought I thought he was a good cornerback but yeah like Akuda never mm. felt to me like generational cornerback yeah. that's that's what the talk was I mean people I remember talk of sort of him and Patrick Peterson they were sort of saying he's going to be a Patrick Peterson type Pro Bowl player that's mm. that's, that's what buzz he was getting he was mocked at number three pretty much throughout the whole, the whole college year yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he never his value never really dropped beyond five. I don't think. 
So no. I think on that basis, just alone, on uh, where people had him mocked, I think, okay, not maybe not disappointing. It's the first year, you know, corner's a tough position in the NFL, just like receiver. I think corner and wide receiver are always the toughest positions in the first season. But I just think, you, you know, it's you would have expected a lot more. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, but, but the other two have done well. Yeah. So Akuda's, I think Akuda, like Akuda's been good and has got more to show. The other two have been solid. There's nobody in Team 2021, which I think is like, you know, there's no Chase, there's no Chase Young DB of 2021, and therefore because there's nobody who like, there's no Trevor Lawrence DB. That I'm happy with how I'm. No one, nobody excelled in 2020, but they were all three were solid. So if I was a gambling man. Like it just takes one of them to not be very good in twenty twenty one out of three, which yeah. for a position like DB is common. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with twenty twenty just because yeah. of like they were solid and I I can kind of rely on them. Yeah, I know it's a random argument, but I also think of uh, when when I think of Satane, I'm just sort of paralleling him to sort of someone like Trevon Diggs. Obviously, you know, <laughs> played corner as well. That you know. Very, with, yeah, with very, Alabama, and you just think very, sometimes... very different. No, I don't mean in terms of style. I meant just in terms okay. of being in that school, that particular school at okay. like Alabama. You know, being, you know, it, it could very well just be you know, big college player doesn't turn out to be, you know, um, a, a solid first season. Hmm. No, it's fair enough. But, yeah. That's fair enough. To be so, fair, for every Bama stud, there's a Bama bust normally. Bama have had their fair share of guys who have gone early and not worked out. Their fair share of guys that have gone early and panned out. So I can get yeah. that there's concern to be had. Before we jump off, I want to hear from you guys. I want you to give us, and I, I, obviously I haven't got you planned this, so it's it's going to almost be like putting you on the spot. But. Um, I'd like you to give one outrageous statement that you think has a lot of up chance to be true of something that's going to happen in this year's draft. So whether it's someone dropping insane amounts, someone getting picked for the pick you thought most people think is sure of it, or, you know, something that... Because last year's draft didn't have too many shocks in it, but drafts in the past, if you look at the 2018 draft, no one could believe that Sam Donald wasn't that first name read out. So something it doesn't have to be a major bomb. It could be just something small, but mm. still a shock. Anything that you, what you think this year's shock of the draft could be? As you say, Rari won't be a top 50 pick. Top 50 pick? Won't be a top That's, 50 pick. So yeah, Zach Bourne is a, is a prime example of someone who we thought would be long gone by the time he was taken in the third. Um, out of Wisconsin, so it's perfectly, perfectly possible. Um, Suck, do you have one? I'm trying to think because you put me on the spot. It could be anything then. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you mine. Mm-hmm. I'll give you mine. Mine could be books related. But... Okay, I, I, my one is: do not rule out. Davis Mills' name being called on day one of the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I think he's a first rounder, but do not be surprised 
if Davis Mills's name is somehow read out on day one. Mm. We, I think it was Pete Schrager had him mocked to the box at one point, didn't he? Or was it mm. one of the Good yeah. Morning Football guys? I, I like him. I just don't. I can I can buy into him being a second or third round reach. I can buy into that. I uh-huh. I, I think his talent's a little later than that. I can buy into the second or third round reach because I think after Matt Jones, then Davis Mills. It's probably an easier fit to get pro ready quicker. Then it's probably Keller Mons, Carl Trask after that, and then you're in the realm of bad quarterbacking. And I can understand why people might think highly of him because he's a bit more of a plug and play kind of guy um, at the next level. That he can do enough things well that the lack of athleticism, the not spectacular deep ball, will be overcome. I just I can't see I can't see anyone in the first round going, right, the five quarterbacks are off the board and there's a team that's in such a desperate QB-needy situation that they pull that trigger to go back Mm. in the first or at the bottom of the first to get Davis Mills because the five most QB-needy teams in the league have probably got their QB in the first round. Mm. And I don't don't see 20... like There's there's 27 starting quarterbacks. That's a bit shoddy there. There's enough starting quarterbacks who don't need to be replaced if you have five new ones in there, I don't think there's enough starting opportunities where someone's like, right, we desperately need a QB now. Mm. But that's where someone like the books come in. You know, you have Mills sitting behind, but then I personally wouldn't be very happy with that. I, I, to be honest, I'd like to see the books be quite aggressive in the draft and even because we don't need too many pieces, you know, to be successful. Um, mm-hmm. So why not just why not just actually move up? in the draft, um, you know, into the top off the draft and try and get, you know, the, the best prospect available for your team. Um, I, I think that would, but, but then again, you also have to consider the contracts that these guys are on and we, we do See, need to I, go I'd for the, the total opposite. If I do the total opposite of the Bucks fan, I'd be trading out of 32. And doing the Patriots way. To come back and just fill through mid-round guys. If they want to get Davis Mills to back up Tom Brady and eventually do it, you can trade out of 32 mm. and go in the second round and do that. Make, the, make that the, move. I think, and you know what it is? Like I, think, I think it just makes, for me personally, I think I'm just sad that I'm going to have to wait right till the end of the night before knowing that the books <laughs> are going to even draft a player and then it might even end up dropping back. So Dave, Dave first, it could actually be a complete waste of time for me. Never underestimate the value of teams wanting to get their quarterback in the first round when that gives them the option of a fifth year. Because that is genuinely quite important to teams who see a guy as potentially their future. Potentially, that taking them in the first round would mean having more autonomy, having more power over that player when it comes to the the back end of their contract, their rookie contract. Um, because it it, it it gives them another year if they're undecided on a QB which so many teams these days are using the opportunity to do that. Um, but as I said, these are these are far-out things. I don't think Aziz Arjelari has a shot of being outside the top 50. I really don't. I'll be shocked if he's still there on the board at 20. But how? These, what, what, these... well, I don't oh. see that, Nick. Because... Right, so I watched, I watched three games of Aziz Arjelari. I watched him play Alabama. I watched him play Florida. And I watched yeah. him play Mississippi State. 
How many right. sacks did I see? How many sacks did I see in those I games? I mean, I mean, I don't know. How many? So, so there was two powerhouse SEC teams. Fair enough. You might have a bad game. Mississippi State weren't great last year. I saw one sack. One sack. Okay. From Fair pass right. rusher. He has half of his snaps. I'm sorry, half of his sacks for last season are in two games against Cincinnati and Kentucky, or it's someone terrible. He like production against decent SEC teams. He has no production. The only thing I can give him, he did have. He had some. I think it might have been against yeah Tennessee. He had a decent game. Two sacks, two forced fumbles. Tennessee, come on, they're not great. I just I don't see where this hype's come from. On the tape, I just I see against bad teams he does a job. Against good teams he's unstuck. Mm. Okay, um, I mean just kind of throwing something in there. Um, Wisconsin, Clemson, and Michigan State. All right, half mm-hmm. a sack, half a sack. Who is that? That's Chase Young. Okay, so we could all pick games. If anything, Chase Young in his biggest games did not perform. You know, he played against Northwestern and played against Rashawn Slater and had one sack. You know, you can pick, you can pick games, even big stage games, and say, oh, Chase Young can do it. But he still was the best defensive end in that class. I think it's difficult to pick individual games. I mean... But how many games in that season? It was only, like, those last three games, he didn't have a sack. Fair enough. Those were three big games. But prior to that point, four sacks against Penn State, five sacks against Wisconsin, at least a sack in every other game. He had two... But that's four, the, six, also eight, was the second nine, overall he had pick. Seven, he had seven forced fumbles, more solo tackles. Just... he He's so much more than Azizo Jolari, like... Of course he is. That's why I'm not saying Ojolari should be the second overall pick in the draft. But I mean, it's there's there's guys, there's guys who, I mean, for example, if you look at if you look in 2019, um, what what about Caleb on Chase on stats tell you he's uh, a mid first round pick? Nine and a half career sacks, six and a half in his final season in a team that won the national championship. I mean, I had Caleb on chase one as a day two player, but he wasn't. And no, he played against Mississippi he... State, Auburn, Alabama, Miss Ole Miss, and Arkansas in a five game stretch, and he didn't get one single sack in five games in a row. And where did he get no. picked? And how did that work out for the Jags so far? Has it looked oh, like it's that... about to pan out? Oh, it's, it looks it's, it's like not, it's going to pan out. But, it does, but, but that isn't what we're talking about. We're talking about with Chase on. Did Chase on get picked in the top 50? Oh, not just in the top 50. He got picked in the top 20, didn't he? Was he 2022 20, or something? Um, yeah, he's I've seen more in Ojolari than I have in Chase on. And Chase on got picked at, what, 20? Uh, 20. He got picked at 20. Um, Chase on had a bit more athletic range, I think, people saw in him that he might be more at the next level. I didn't like Taylor Von Chase on either. I thought that was a really bad pick. I I probably grade Chase on and Olari very highly pronounced his name. I apologize to the boy and again, hope he proves me wrong one day because 
you want these guys to have careers. I'm not just bashing someone for the sake of bashing them. I just again, I I agree with them I don't I don't see where the hype is. I don't understand it, and I I think Caleb on will be a lesson to some teams that might think about picking a guy like that. Going actually, let's leave that around maybe because it doesn't pan out a lot of the time. The, 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 I will say the, the fairest reason why I don't think Ojolari would be picked outside of 50 is because I don't think you can name many more outside linebackers who should go ahead of him, in my, in my opinion. I think pretty much anyone you can kind of throw in his way that would make him fall out of 50 is a stretch. Like Zavon, Zavon Collins or... Um, What's the dude out of Missouri? To be fair, he's 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 like Nick Bolton, a prototypical. Yeah, he's more of a prototypical deep deep it's, middle it's linebacker. Fact, but people are seeing Jesus Olari as an edge at the next level. I'd take Phillips, Rousseau, Asai, Owa, Owa, all over him, and I don't like Owa. I I, I prefer Owa's was upside. No, him, no, no. I don't. I don't. I feel. Oh come on! I Jason Jason Owa. No, I don't. I don't like. I, no, I I don't. I don't see how I Jason don't. Owa could be could be viewed. I have a slightly higher. I have a slightly higher. I have a slightly higher grade on him. I um, it, again. Oh no! I just I don't I don't like what I see from him. I just that's I just don't fair. Like what I, I see from a Owa's the guy. I agree. Who could go outside the top fifty? Always the guy yeah, I could see going out top fifty because I I don't I, I I don't I think he's extremely raw. He's a huge project player. Um, he's like he's like Rousseau, but Rousseau has better tangibles. Like he's just like Rousseau put together one unbelievable season, um, and people will definitely bank on that. Um, Suck! So I appreciate that you we've been you've been left relatively quiet for the last five minutes. Yeah, I'm tired to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call it a night then, boy. <laughs> oh, but we right. didn't even talk about the kickers and punters. Oh, there'll be some kickers oh, okay. and punters drafted this year. Some of them can kick it through the posts and some of them can't. There you go. <laughs> Big ball for kickers. Evan McPherson from Florida is probably the best. Jose Borgalese, yeah. same. From Miami is probably two. Lake Lynch from Kansas, Kansas State is probably three. Most of those guys were going late rounds. You want to quickly talk from punters again? There's an Aussie so punter there isn't there for Kentucky, isn't there? I can't remember his name. Max Duffy. Max, Max Duffy. Duffy, Kentucky punter. James Smith from Cincinnati, decent. Drew Christmas, um, Christman from Ohio yeah. State, solid. Uh, Presley Harvin, Georgia Tech. They're probably your best punters in this one. Again, yeah. they might go in the sixth or seventh round, they might go undrafted. Yeah. They're good players, they deserve can a you, chance. Punters can you name, without Googling, can you name the three kickers and two punters that were taken last year? Well, funny uh, enough, ooh. one of them wasn't. Um, oh man, at the Colts, he wasn't drafted. He wasn't even no. drafted. Which, he wasn't. Um, uh, was Brandon Mann out of Texas A and M drafted? Braden Mann. Braden, Braden, Braden Mann, Mann, Mann was drafted six. Yeah, yeah. So he uh, was drafted Tommy, six. Was Tommy Townsend drafted or undrafted? Undrafted. Undrafted. Tyler Bass. I'm trying to think. Tyler Bass was drafted. He was drafted after Braden Mann as a punter. That's crazy. Tyler Bass so, had a really good year. He did. So Bass was a sixth round kicker, while also as a sixth round punter was Mann. 
There was two, there was a kicker and a punter each taken in the seventh round, but there was actually a kicker taken in the fifth round as well. A kicker? Yeah. Oh, I... I'm he ended up, he, I don't think he played a game. I think he was just on the practice squad all season. That's ridiculous. <laughs> so the seventh, the, seventh round, the seventh round punter was... Oh, I've lost it now. Here we go. The seventh round punter was Sterling Hofreicher out of Syracuse mm-hmm. to the Falcons. Okay. The seventh round kicker was Sam Sloman. Oh yeah, I went oh, to the Rams. Miami of Ohio. Yeah, mm-hmm. went to the went to the Rams. Didn't he? He got released. Then. Was, the um, Ma- was it the Marshall kicker that got drafted? Yeah, yeah oh, Justin. Weird, just, weird Justin Ro- or something. Yeah, yeah, Justin Rowasser or something. That's the one. Yeah, and he lost. He didn't get his job either with the Patriots, did he? He didn't. It was, um, but they kept him all on the right. practice squad, and he actually—I don't know if he's. Oh no, that he's—he's gone completely. They waived him about a month ago. So there's a fifth round pick right. wasted. Um. So yeah, there we go. So uh, yeah, I wonder what's the where's go on. What's your over under? The highest a kick is going to be drafted this year. Sixth round. Sixth round. Under six. I think the fifth. Late fifth. Fifth is the highest I can see one going, but I don't I don't see why anyone would take a kicker in this. I honestly don't get it. I I know how important kickers are, but because no one else seems to say seems to think that, then yeah, I just feel I still feel fifth is like you can get quality position players at fifth. Sixth round to me is where you kind of go, okay, maybe now we should look at a kicker. Who's the best kicker on the board? I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Like, I just feel like if we traded away Golden Tate at the deadline for a fifth and used it on a kicker to compete with someone, I'm a little bit like, well, that was a waste of time. Well, considering the Bucks drafted Aguayo in the second round once and Matt Gay in the fifth, then just... Yeah, and both of them didn't really pan out too well. Matt Gay's still in, <laughs> Matt Gay's obviously still with, with the Rams, so yeah, I guess yeah. he's somewhat of a success. But yeah, it's. Uh, I think the only it, example of an early taken kicker that really did anything. It's I, Raiders it player, Raiders isn't it? Player. It scored yeah. the Janikowski. Janikowski, Raiders all-time leading point scorer. He salvaged some horrible. Seasons like to make eight and eight for us. He was you could kick from nine anywhere on the field. It's bad where there's a team where your kicker is one of your most important players. But he was that good. He, you know. By the I way, the four, just... the 49ers took a punter in the 2019 draft up uh, in the fourth round. Mitch Wisnowski. Yeah, sometimes fourth you round for a go... punter. Again, punting a good punter can help you in games. You can get a punter who can consistently pin teams back, make them go the length of the field. It can gain you a little bit extra. Like, I think if you can legitimately think this guy's got a chance of being a pro bowl punter, the fourth round is not a stretch because mm. it can influence the game. If you're doing it for a punter who you think is a bit of a flyer, it might not pan out. You've got to, you've got to just think he's going to be... Just his special team's contributions are going to be enough to win the game. And you, that's the yeah. only time you take them early. And I just I don't see any of them in this year's yeah. draft. I like some of them, but there's no one there. There's not a Shane Leckler at punter, yeah. someone who can 
change the dynamic of right, they're pinned in the within the twenty regularly. If they're gonna go and get a touchdown, they've got to yeah. go eighty yards. I mean, or, this is how you know the Jaguars are a bad team because in twenty twelve they took Brian Anger at the seventieth overall. That's former book. Yeah, but. Third overall pick, I'd be livid with my team for taking a punter at third overall. I'm sorry. If you're a team that's building, you can't use a third round pick on a punter. Mm. Surely. Maybe that's some like teams can... will trade for like a David Putney or someone. David Putney. Because I can't feel like it. <laughs> There's gonna be so many more draft right? draft day references next week, isn't there? Jeez. Yeah. Um Anyway, gents, it's been an absolute pleasure. We may as well leave these ladies and gentlemen to have uh, enjoyed the rest of the day. <laughs> but thanks again for listening as we chatted absolute nonsense. Well, we, we chatted like some, some nonsense, some, some really, nonsense. really important, really important points. But this will mean you arguing that. Always... Next week, yeah. Well, always. It wouldn't be without it. Um, next week, we are just going to jump straight into it. Gents, because we've, we've done draft mock drafts before um, and spoken about these pro- prospects so much, what do you say to a two-round mock draft where we knock them out yeah. pretty quickly next week? Yeah. yeah, yeah, happy to do two or even three if you wanted. Why not? I think, so two well... For now, see, how, we'll see how it goes? I, see how two are knocking them out? Yeah, I, th- I think... Uh, well, I think two because... Um, we know we we know how long we ended up taking with one, and even though we will go a lot quicker, yeah. Uh, this two... was meant to be a half an hour podcast, so exactly. See, so <laughs> two round mock. We're going to jump straight into it. We're going to say hello to all you ladies and gentlemen, and then just jump straight into a two round mock. So we're going to get our big boards up. Make sure you get your big boards written down, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, see you then. So, ladies and gents, have a great week. Thanks so much for listening. Stay safe. Take it easy, and we are a week away. One week away from the draft. So exciting. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, guys.